all your lovely faces. You all look good. We are going to continue this series on faith connections. And when the Holy Spirit started dealing with me about this series, he said a lot of people are missing those things that, that connect to their faith. So what else goes along with our faith to, to uh, cause our faith to work? <clears throat> Over the last little bit, we have focused a lot on our minds, on our thought life. Uh, we looked at uh, transitional thoughts. Last week, we looked at uh, overcoming or conquering our thought life. Guess what we're going to talk about today, Katie? Guess. Jack, you want to guess? Our thoughts. <laughs> we're going to talk about our thoughts. Folks, our minds and what God has put inside of us we, is the greatest computer that has ever been built. It, it, it has more things to do it, by the greatest architect, the greatest designer, the greatest engineer in the universe. He stopped and when he put all of you together, he put inside of you one of the, one of the biggest functioning uh, computers in the world. Yeah. Do you know that one of the biggest jobs of your mind, your brain, your mind is to forget? See, what we don't realize is everything our eyes see goes in. And your brain processes all of this and determines what's important for you and what is not necessary. And so it's one of its main jobs, because if we took in all the information, it would overload us. So one of the main uh, jobs of your brain is actually to forget. That don't mean you should be forgetful. But it, it, it's what it does, and uh, your brain actually handles billions of informational bytes. It can process 800 memories a second. You said, I can't even remember that much, but that doesn't mean your brain doesn't, because it takes in everything. That's why it's so important that you understand what you focus on most in your life. It becomes, your brain then becomes thinking that it's essential. And when that becomes essential for you to remember, you hold on to it. And all of a sudden your thought life becomes a belief. And then a belief becomes your faith. And then your faith becomes your words. And your words begin to turn the direction of your life. And so God put in it. That's why it's so important that we talk about our minds. Everybody try this real quick. I want to show, show you something. Everybody look at your nose. You can see it. Do you know you can always see your nose? But your brain knows it's not necessary for you to remember. So it chooses not to see what's in front of it. Come on. It chooses not to see. Now everybody's going... your notes because it doesn't view it as relative information imagine what we could do with our life if for some times we chose to ignore what's right in front of our notes that we didn't focus on the negative we didn't focus on the things that are wrong we didn't focus on 
this or that. But we actually did what the Word says, and we took control of our thought life. And bringing our thoughts, as 2 Corinthians tells us, every thought into captivity. So I'm going to talk about your thoughts a little more. We're going to get to other parts of your body later. Go to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. I'm only going to read the first line or two of it. He says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinks in his heart, he becomes. See, what is your heart? Your heart is your soul. It's your mind, your will, your emotions. So what your mind, your will, and your emotions line up to, what they ponder on, is what you will become. Your life is, is, is like a, uh, what are those called? Polaroid, thank you. It, it's like any camera, really. It'll produce only what it's focused on. Your life is the same way. It will produce only what it's focused on. So let me ask you this today. What are you focused on? That word heart there, look at the, the Brown Driver and Briggs Hebrew Dictionary says this of the heart. says it's the soul. It's the self. It's life. It's creature. It's a person. It's appetite. It's mind. It's living being. It's desire. It's emotion. So as a man thinks in his emotion. <laughs> well, sometimes I let my emotions get away from me. I can know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes, Kevin, I do too. And it's real easy to see when I do. Because as a man thinks in his heart, in his soul, in his self, in his life, in his creature, in his person, in his appetite, in his mind, in his living being, in his desires, in his emotion, or his passion, so is he. So it is what we think on that determines who we are. You've got to catch this. It's what we think on, Marcy. It's not our background. It's not our heredity. Uh-oh. How many times have we ever blamed our issues on our folks? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just like my mom. Oh, shoot. Prince song just went to my head. <laughs> I'm just like my daddy. It's still going to my head. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you do. So it's not my background. It's not my heredity. It's what I choose to think about that has the greatest influence on my life. What I choose to focus on has the greatest influence on my life. So let me challenge you today. What do you find yourself thinking most about? What do you find yourself complaining most about of your own life? Because it's real easy for my mind to get away from me. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 from the Amplified Classic puts it this way. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, and fashioned after and adopt, adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, 
by the entire renewal of your mind. The Word has a lot to say, Brenda, about our minds. And until we grasp that we have to control those thoughts, it will always send us on the projection of our life. He goes on here and says, he says, be transformed by the entire renewal of the mind by its new ideas and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourself what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So what does he tell us here? He said, don't go along with what the world is handing you. Now, I know in our minds, we automatically think, well, don't be like the world. But you know, the world hands you a whole lot of bad influences. Not just people doing bad things. Fear is a bad influence. Doubt is a bad influence. Confusion is a bad influence. And if I sit and I focus on those things, that's what my life is going to produce, guys. So let me ask you again. What do you think on most? We've quoted this scripture, and I'm not going to go to it right now because we're going to go to it later. In Philippians chapter 4, he tells us what to think on. Go, go to 2 Corinthians. I just freaked Reese out. He thought he was going to go there, did he? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons of our warfare, I'm in verse 4, sorry. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not fleshly. They're not going after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. So he's given us weapons that should not, that they're not flesh weapons, okay? They're not guns and, and knives and all this stuff. So he's given us weapons that are not flesh ruled. He said, but the, the purpose of these weapons is to pull down strongholds. But what are the strongholds to pull down? Well, I've got this stronghold in my life, and I've got this stronghold in my life. Well, I've got this addiction is my stronghold. Now, you've heard me say it, and I'm going to say it again because it's true. <laughs> uh, many of you know I was a substance abuse counselor for like 15 years. Yeah. And when someone would come into my office, they'd say, well, I relapsed. Okay, tell me how you relapsed. Well, I went to this party, they had all this stuff, they had the rigs, they had everything I needed, and so I, I thought I could get by, and so I just used. I said, no, tell me when you relapsed. Well, I went to this party, like I said. They had my drug of choice there. Yeah, but tell me when you relapsed. I'm telling you, no, relapse happened a long time before you ever did a drug. Relapse happened in your mind when you thought, I'm going to go to that party. Relapse began when you started getting dressed for it. Relapse began when you drove to the party. Relapse happened when you walked through the front door. You see, we think of everything as the sin, as the action itself, when it really is just the result of our mindset being completely off that leads us to that. Before they got there. And so what happens with us, so many things, well, I've got this addiction, I've got this in my life. No, it's a stronghold. That's not the stronghold. Go 
Are you there, Rich? Yeah. Casting down what? Imaginations. Where are imaginations? So what's my stronghold? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought. Somebody say every thought. That means every thought that you and I have, I need to grab it and say, are you trying to be higher than the knowledge of God in this situation? The knowledge of God says, I am chosen. The knowledge of God says, I am worthy. I was worth dying for. What my thought life wants to say when it exalts itself against the knowledge of God is when I start thinking, well, I'm not worthy. Who would really love me that much anyhow? I don't think, I don't think that's really what God wants for me. And so what I'm doing is they're exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And I have to take authority over my own thought life to bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And what, where do I get the obedience of Christ? From His Word. So what do I have to do? He's given me a weapon. What is that weapon? It's the authority of Christ. Philippians chapter 4. Let's go ahead and read it, Reese. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. First three, four words. Just look at them, ponder on them. I'll read them in a minute. You need to look at those first four words. I don't need to even read them yet. You look at them. This is a command. He doesn't say, it's not a suggestion, Dennis. That's a command. Be anxious for nothing. Well, that's hard. I never said this thing was easy. Who ever told you this believer's life was for the weak? Lie to you. (laughs) He says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude, Make your request unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God which which surpasses all understanding will protect your hearts and your minds. See here heart's a different word. Will protect your hearts and your minds. But how does that peace come? When I choose to be anxious for nothing. I was talking to Marge back there today. Uh. She, she was talking about feeling down and all that stuff. And she, she, she said something that, that I thought was great. She said, but then I stop and I choose joy. Yes. Yes. Man, what words we should all take. Sometimes when we're just going through the motions and everything's got us down and everything's wrong. Trust me, look around the world long enough. It, it's not great. We can get depressed, but then we have to stop and like we have to choose joy. It's a choice. Happiness is happenstance. It's built on circumstances. Joy is something that God puts inside of you. He said, I've come that you might have joy. Have life and have it to the fullest. You've got to choose joy. And I love verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard my heart 
Christ. Yeah. Or Christ Jesus. Here's the kicker. So what do I do? We do verse 8. We do verse 8. Finally, brothers. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are honest. Well, it's true that I'm sick. Okay. But when we t- want me to give you a bigger truth? Amen. You know what the bigger truth is, Brenda? The bigger truth says, by his stripes. Amen. So which truth will you believe? Isaiah said, who's beginning to dissipate because I have chosen to think on these things. And that's what he tells us. What should be the object of our thought life? So what should we think about? I want to tell you what to think about today. (laughs) I wrote something down here. I want to read it. (laughs) Medical studies have shown that one of the healthiest emotions a human being can have is that of gratitude. So the more we can fill our minds with gratitude, gratefulness, thanksgiving, the healthier you're going to be. 
one of the biggest reasons for depression in our own life, and I'm not talking about chemical stuff that needs some healing done, okay? I'm talking about me just being me. Is because I tend to focus on the wrong things. So what I want you to think about, what do we need to think about? Well, when I start feeling these things, Denise, I need to start thinking about the goodness of God. The goodness of God. How good is God? The Word says that it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. Let me say that over here because I want to add something to it. Dr. Steve, not the fear of hell draws people to repentance. Bible doesn't say that. It says the goodness of God draws people. We've been using the wrong tools. We've used the wrong tools. We've tried to make everybody afraid of the devil. And what draws people to repentance is the goodness of God. How about we change what we tell them? Okay. Go to Psalms. Psalms 31. We need to think on God's goodness. Psalms 31, verse 19. Oh Lord, Lord, <coughs> how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us. This is the Passion Translation. It's a yeah. good one. Like a treasure chest heaped up and spilling over with blessings. All for those who honor and worship you. Everybody knows what you can do for those who turn and hide themselves in you. I love how the writer puts that. Hey Lord, man, how awesome you are. See, when I start feeling these things and I start feeling them, the weapon that he gave me, Sandy, to fight that is praise. Why do you think we, listen, this week was very intentional about the songs we did. They were going to, we were going to praise God. We were going to work. Why? Because I kept thinking about that verse, Reese. It says, Lord, how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us. He says, like a treasure chest, heaping over with blessing. Verse 20. So hide all your beloved ones in the sheltered secret place before your face. Overshadow them with your glory presence. Keep them from these accusations, the brutal insults of evil men. Tuck them away safely in the tabernacle where you dwell. The name of the Lord is blessed and lifted high. For his marvelous miracle of mercy protected me when I was overwhelmed by my enemies. Mm-hmm. Man, if I prayed that every day, (laughs) rather than saying, oh God, it's awful. (laughs) Can't pay the light bill, can't buy milk, can't buy eggs. I'm gonna have to go to Austin Brick, I want an egg. Lord, it's just bad. Anybody can do that. You shelter 
knowledge of God. <laughs> Verse 22. I love this. I spoke hastily when I said the Lord has deserted me. For in truth you did hear my prayer. And you came to rescue me. Oh glory. Verse 23. Listen to me. All you godly ones that you <laughs> love the Lord with passion. <laughs> the Lord protects and preserves all who are loyal to him, but he pays back in full those who reject him in their pride. So cheer up. That's a command. Cheer up. Chin dragging the ground. You know what they call that in West Virginia, don't you? Horse faced. <laughs> Quit looking so horse faced. Cheer up. Why? Take courage, all you who love him. Well, who loves him? Well, then cheer up. To break through yes. for you. Yes. All who trust him. The breakthrough belongs to him. We just get to enjoy it. He says, so cheer up. When do you, when do you cheer up? You cheer up before the breakthrough. You cheer up when it's still ugly. You cheer up when it's still bad. Well, how can I do that? By grabbing a hold of my thoughts. Taking them captive. By not letting my brain run away with me. You can't control the experiences, but you can't control how you think of them. You can't control the experiences, but you can't control how you think about them. So when life starts to not make sense, I need to think on these things. Lovely, true, just, honest, good report, praiseworthy. And I need to think on the goodness. On the goodness of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Have you ever read that one to yourself? Why are you so down? If God is for me, who can be against me? Jump to verse 35. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Well, I just don't think God loves me. Why? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? You're not even strong enough to separate yourself from the love of Christ. You can't make him stop loving you. You can get in your head that he don't. You can have this weird understanding that somehow he doesn't love you. But the word tells us in 3 John that he is love. He doesn't try love. He is love. So if his existence is love... There's been, there is nothing that I can do to make him stop being him. For you to be able to make God stop loving you, you have to have the ability in your little old self to make him change his very existence. Come on. <laughs> you have to 
tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am, oh, jump to verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded. Maybe this is the problem. We've not really been persuaded about God yet. Maybe we're really not persuaded yet. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate. You're part of those other creatures. And if the message I got this week is listening right now, you haven't done near enough to make him stop loving you. You can't. And if you're in this room and you somehow have a weird idea that somehow God has quit loving you, you're not that strong. You're not that powerful. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from what? The love of God, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, this is where our brain set needs to go. This is the words we think on. This is how we think of ourselves from now on, Dave. Not what I was. Yeah, but I was a drunk. Okay, so what? Well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. So what? And he still kept loving me, Linda. All the way through it. He never changed his mind about me. Think on these things. Think about the goodness of God. I don't know if this is on the screen, Reese. But that same chapter of Romans 8, look at verse 28. We know that all things work together for good. Now, now please hear me. He didn't say all things were good. He said all things work together for good. So even the bad that comes along, if I will remember the verses I've already read, then I can look at this verse and say, he's going to work something out of it. Yes, yes. Because he can't quit loving me, and he don't want me to suffer. Mm. It's not his will. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All things work together for good to those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. My goodness, folks. How do, I over, how do I gain control of my thought life? How about I spend more time thinking about how good he is rather than on what's wrong? How about this one? We set our mind on the greatness of God. 
like we've sung all, all morning. We've heard testimony. We've heard words of prophecy and words of healing spoken. Go to Psalms 86. Psalm 86, verse 7. I'm going to read out the Passion Translation again. You know why? Because I can't. Because I like it. Whenever trouble strikes, I will keep crying out to you. <laughs> Whenever trouble strikes, I will keep crying out to you, for I know your help is on the way. Bible, Amen. even in the King James. 
your magnificent splendor and the miracles of your mercy are my constant meditation. I'm just filled down today. Well, what you're meditating on? What are you meditating on? What are you thinking on? What has got your mind transfixed today? Man, if we could just get it through our thick skulls. That his magnificent splendor and miracles of mercy are my constant. Yeah, majesty. Are my constant meditation. Think on these things. Verse 6. Your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. <laughs> I'm telling people everywhere about your excellent greatness. See, if I was telling people about his greatness, guess where my mind would be fixed? On that greatness. Mm, Lord, oh Lord. Verse 7. Our hearts bubble over as we celebrate the fame of your marvelous beauty. Bringing bliss into our hearts. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. And there it is again. His breakthrough for us. Well, I'm going to keep pushing until I break through. How about you? You ready? That'll keep you frustrated. <laughs> Reese and I like to watch a Doctor Who. If you don't, that's, that's, your, that's your issue. It's good. Uh, there's an episode where they capture Doctor Who. And he's got to work his way through this maze. And the last step, he comes face to face with a wall that is, I think they said, a thousand times harder than diamond. You know what he does to it? He punches it. And over and over, for like four million years, come on, he doesn't die, so, you know. You know. You, I know you're confused right now. Look it up. It's good. Ah. Right, Marcy? But at the end, his hands are bleeding and they're knuckle. Listen, you trying to break through for yourself is painful. You trying to break through for yourself is painful. It was never meant to be your breakthrough. That's why one of his names, Edra, is the God of breakthrough. will shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. So what do I think on? I think on him breaking through and me walking through. It's not my job to break through. He's the God of breakthrough. I'm the God, I'm the God of walk through. He's the God of breakthrough. I'm the God of walk through. Listen. When the children of Israel stood on the banks, <laughs> it was God that parted that sea. All they had to do was walk through. Not only did they walk through, but they didn't even get their feet dirty or wet doing it. 
is the God of our breakthrough. He's the one that parts the waters we just walked through. My goodness, you talk about taking a load off. What if our mindset was always to declare God like this? We wake up in the morning. We declare these verses that we've been reading today over ourselves. We're having a bad day. We mark these verses and we go back and we remind ourselves over and over and over And instead of focusing on the mess, we declare who he is. His goodness, his greatness. Folks, God will only be as big in your life as your focus of him is. He will only be as big as the way you focus on him. He will only be as big Our problem is a lot like Peter. Everybody likes to put Peter down because you know he got out of the boat. He walked on water. Then he saw the storms. Yeah, he did. He saw the sea. Yes, he did. He got afraid. Yes, he did. He started to sink. Yes, he did. But all he said was, help. (laughs) And the word says immediately. Not in a little while. Not on his third time down. Remember the cartoons? (laughs) Not on his third time down. When he cried out, immediately Jesus' hand was on him. And see, everybody wants to put Peter down because he fell. But you realize he's the only one that walked on water twice. Had to get back to the boat. (laughs) You got out there. You got to get back. Okay, so you may have sunk a time or two. Maybe it's time to cry out. Maybe it's time for you to walk on water again. Maybe it's time for you to walk on water again. Maybe it's time that the waves and everything has scared you for a little while and you feel like you're sinking. Cry out and immediately he'll be there. Focus your mind on his goodness. Focus your mind on his greatness. Cry out to him. Declare him among the nations of how great he is. Focus on him and he will become massive in you. My goodness, it's time to walk again. Matthew chapter 19, we're bringing this thing in. Really, we're not. I got all kinds of stuff I go. <laughs> Matthew 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at him and said, With men, this is impossible, but with God. There's no hope. That's a thought that's raising itself against the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God says, With God, all things are possible. Yeah, but it looks impossible. That's a thought that I've got to take control of. That's a thought that I've got to capture. Because with God, all things are possible. Lastly, you want to remember his goodness. We are going to remember his greatness. Lastly, I want you to remember how close he is. Just like Peter, he wasn't far off. He was as close as a word. And today, he's as close as a word to you. Psalm 75, verse 1. Psalm 75, verse 1. God, our hearts spill over with praise to you. 
We overflow with thanks for your name is the near one. <laughs> your name is the near one. And all we want to talk about is your wonderful works. And we hear your reply. Psalms 145. You've got to remember how close he is. His name is the near one. Psalms 145, verse 17. And if you are using, I think these are on the U version, if you want to just save so you can go back to it. They're not. They will be in the morning. I forgot to hit publish again. Oops. Psalms 145, verse 17. You are fair and righteous in everything you do, and your love is wrapped into all your works. You draw near to those who call out to you, listening closely, especially when their hearts are true. How do I overcome those thoughts? How do I take control of my thought life? I remember he's listening closely. His name is the near one. He is near. And I have to force myself to remember that he's listening closely. Let's close with this. Philippians chapter 4. Next week we might be talking about thoughts again. I don't know. We'll see what Holy Spirit wants to do. I wish I could tell you. I have a plan, but you know. Be anxious, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. How can I be anxious for nothing? By remembering how good He is. Remembering how great He is. Remembering how close He is. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with gratitude. Make your request known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will protect your hearts and your minds. Thank you. you are supposed to be at peace. You're not supposed to be in chaos. Peace is yours. And the peace, how do I do that? Well, be anxious for nothing, for one thing. Will protect your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, power, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. Father, I know my mind can run away with me. So I ask that you help me remember that I can think on these things and all of a sudden peace reigns in me. And when everybody else says I should be tore up, fired up, scared, I can't because I walk in peace. Because like Isaiah said, you set them a perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So let me set my mind on your goodness. Let me set my mind on your greatness. Let me set my mind on your nearness. And then I'll be well on my way to controlling my thought life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen.